Embarking on a psychedelic journey can be a roller coaster of experiences, emotions, and perceptions that often lead to profound introspection and personal growth. However, within the realm of these altered states of consciousness, there exists a realm of the hilariously unexpected. From uncontrollable fits of laughter sparked by seemingly mundane objects to bizarre encounters with imaginary creatures, funny trip stories under psychedelics showcase the whimsical and often absurd side of these mind-bending adventures. In this collection of anecdotes, we delve into the world of laughter, where reality takes a playful twist and the boundaries of the normal are delightfully blurred. Join us as we explore the lighter side of psychedelic exploration and the side-splitting tales that arise from these extraordinary journeys. All right. Thank you for being here again, everybody. And uh, welcome again, uh, Michael. Good to have you back. Today's topic's very interesting. We're going to be talking about something a little bit more in the lighter aspect and something that, you know, touches a lot of us, uh, you know, under the context of psychedelics being of the beneficial therapeutic aspects there's also another aspect which is very interesting it's you know the funny trip stories so i'd be interested to know have you ever had any funny trip stories and could you share them with us absolutely and you know it it's like we said in one of our previous episodes we were talking about the celebration people take these these compounds so seriously and yes they should be taken seriously and yes do your due diligence but we we forget that these things are a lot of fun so that's what we're going to do here today we're going to just share some fun stories and i had a fun story that i bring comes immediately to mind it was a couple of years ago i was sitting at home and i get this message on my phone from somebody who shall remain nameless and he says oh i'm doing a big trip and i'm going to keep you on as uh, as my backup as my <laughs> as my helper <laughs> you know where this is going <laughs> and so a few hours later it was you by the way for anybody who hadn't figured that out it was my buddy sergio here and he calls me up like oh my god dude i'm gonna die <laughs> so i i spent the next few hours just talking you down calming you down and you know just mostly sitting with you uh, but it it was actually pretty funny. You 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 thought you were gonna die. You thought your brain was gonna melt. It it, it was it was it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it was a very particular instance because it was one of my very first big trips that I recall. The feeling of having this ego death. This is this is what I attributed to. Mm-hmm. But it was just you know uh, the anxiety levels and everything went up, and it was just interesting because when I. <laughs> When I, when, I, when I first thought about calling you and then I reached out and then I FaceTime you and just the look on your face was priceless because I just remember you going like, you're going to be fine. And I'm like, you don't yeah. understand. I'm dying. And you're like, no, you're not. Like no one dies <laughs> from these things. And then you, after you calmed me down, it was really interesting because after that, it was just like all the downloads, connecting with the universe, getting all this information. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was another interesting, funny aspect of the trip as well, because looking at your expression, just smiling and giggling while I'm like pondering these like, you know, existential questions was just interesting to see. So that, that, was, yeah. that was a good one. Yeah. And what you didn't realize afterwards, we talked afterwards and you didn't realize that there was probably several sections of 20 minutes to half an hour where neither of us said anything. 
you were just sitting there off in the universe. I just let you. <laughs> like, all right, go on, buddy. And that was interesting too, because you kept on, from what I recall, is I recall you just you kept on looking at me. You weren't like looking at somewhere else. You're just you're just looking at me, and it was just like you know, it was interesting. I got you. Yeah, you got me, man. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was that was one of my favorites. And let's uh, let's go to another one. This one actually has a title. Nice. I call this one, and I've told you about this. Uh, this one's title is "What a Way to Ruin a Perfectly Good Overdose." <laughs> that should be the title <laughs> of a book. Yes. So it was a few weeks, a uh, couple of actually about a month ago, where I decided that I just wanted to trip and enjoy the day, look at the pretty colors. So I'm the big dose guy, so I dropped four hits of acid. Nice. And. I decided to, while I'm waiting for this to uh, kick in, I go for a little bit of a walk around the block, just my, my little neighborhood, and the acid starts to kick in. I'm like, okay, it's kicking in. And then this is really kicking in. This is kicking in a lot harder than I would expect. And so I take the hits out of my, the tabs out of my mouth, under my tongue, and that four unfolds that was folded over, that was eight hits. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And, well, I was like, well, okay, buddy, buckle up, buttercup. It's time for a magic carpet ride. So I, I managed to get myself home and just flopped on my bed and did the magic carpet ride for a few hours and came into a little bit after the peak, and I was okay. So I decided, you know what, I, I want to go for a walk and go look at the flowers. And as I'm heading down to the stairs... There's my landlord with the workman. Oh, yeah, we need to get into your apartment to work on your balcony because we're doing that today. Oh, no. And, oh, my, and I'm, I'm tripping coconuts. These guys have three heads, and they're waving in and out. What the heck? So I wasn't together enough to say no. So I bring these guys up into my apartment. They're out working on my front balcony. And the whole time, I am just thinking, oh, my God, I have to appear normal. I have to appear normal. I, I'm sitting there trying to appear normal with these guys. Very clearly, they know something is up. So I tell them, you know, oh, I took some anxiety medication, and, it, yeah, it makes me a little funny. <laughs> it makes me a little jumpy. <laughs> yeah. And they were here till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, my God. So, like I said... What a way to ruin a perfectly good overdose. <laughs> I know. And and I have a similar story, which is a hilarious. I, I, I went to visit a, a buddy of mine and he had given me some edibles and I'm not I'm not an edible fan, but oh, but man. it is candy. Right. So I was like, well, it's candy. I'll take candy. And I ended up going to work. I had to go to the office for this. Um, just go to the office just to just to show face. And I'm in the office and. There's this edible, and I just, I felt like taking, you know, usually I take a bit of it, but I was like, the few times that I took little snippets of it, I mean, it was, nothing really happened, so I figured, let me do the whole thing. Oops. So I did the whole thing, and I couldn't, for my life of me, concentrate. I was not there anymore, walked into my boss's office, and I was like, um, not really feeling well. <laughs> I think I'm coming down with something. So I just, I managed to like make it back home. But it was just, it was just hilarious because it was just like, 
unexpected and it's not really like you were I, I was like seeing portals and like navigating through cosmic realms it was very it was very light but it was just like the feeling of not having the same level of motor control in your in your body as you would normally yep. have so that was just like hilarious to me because i was like i can't move like i normally can move and it's like it's not wanted right so that's what makes it even funnier so a lot of these stories involve you know trying to act normal around normal people when you are just gone yeah <laughs> those are fun and tell me something did you ever find yourself in a situation where like someone became like a fictional character or a celebrity and that caused you like a fit of giggles or something like that not that i know of oh that's happened god. to you oh my god under ayahuasca dude i'm in the jungle i'm tripping coconuts like you said i'm i'm under ayahuasca and of course when i when when i do my when i do my jungle therapy it's usually nine ceremonies back to back so not right. all ceremonies are are you know intense there's a few ones that are you know give you the giggles and i swear to you that's when i came up with this concept of writing a book which I was like, I can't even read a book, let alone write a book. Why am I being called to write a book? So as I'm tripping, I'm seeing myself being Joe Rogan's host and talking about my book. <laughs> and I'm like, I nice. I'm living this experience where Joe Rogan's interviewing me. And after that, he invited me to his like comedy club and I did a comedy set and I was killing, I was murdering. And it was nice. just like an amazing trip of like me living this like parallel universe where I made it big and I was like, you know, buddies with Joe Rogan. So that was a funny, like, yeah, I mean. Hey, we keep doing this. That'll happen. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man. And I've got to tell you about my first trip ever. Um, I was living in Iowa at the time. And I was, uh, I met my evil twin. Yes, I'm the good one. And he uh, decided to introduce me to mushrooms. And I don't know how much we got. I think it was probably, if I recall right, it was about either, I think it was half an ounce that we got. So 14 grams. And so we split that up and did seven grams each. My first time, thank you very much. We ate, we, it was basically a dinner plate, and we split the dinner plate. We ate the mushrooms, and they were fine. Didn't make me sick. And next thing I know, I'm out in the grass getting to know each blade of grass individually. And they were all such lovely blades of grass. They were all such nice people. And eventually, we, we go out to this little country road behind uh, the place we're staying, and it's a little raised up. And it looks down on this beautiful farmer's field. And springtime in Iowa is gorgeous. There was this little single tree on, on this little little stream going through the field. And it was the sun was setting. And I just sat there and described everything I saw. It was like Garden of Eden with this perfect stream going through it into the sunset. I ended up narrating the, the entire sunset for like an hour. And my evil twin was sitting there next to me like, dude, you okay? <laughs> and I just continued to narrate the most beautiful sunset Iowa has ever seen. It's interesting where these things take you because I'll, I'll never forget it. We did a um, San Pedro ceremony. This was a couple of summers back. And I couldn't, we were in this like um, chalet up north and there was this construction site. And as I'm 
getting under the feeling of San Pedro, San Pedro connects you to nature. And this overwhelming sadness for the trees came upon me. And I'm bawling and I'm holding the trees and I'm crying and I'm like telling the trees to forgive me. And it's like, forgive us, like we cut you, we turn you into, into furniture. And all these trees would be doing, they're looking, they're looking at me and they're going, Sergio, it's okay, man. Just relax, chill. That's the way it is. Like, we're totally cool with it. You're the one that has a problem with it. And I'm crying, yeah, but you don't understand. Like, we, we cut you up. And, and the trees are super chill, man. They're like, dude, this is the way it is. And we're totally cool with it. Then after that, I continue my way down. There's like this um, driveway that's being made in this like house that they're putting together. And of course, all the machinery's there, and I'm like caressing these like caterpillar, huge like uh, machines, and I'm and I'm like caressing the 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 creases in the cracks and the paint, and I'm like I'm so sorry, like we treat you machines like shit, and it's like the machines are like, dude, it's okay, and even the rocks, man, I'm like, oh my god, this rock took millions of years to form these crystals and now we're turning it into someone's driveway what's wrong with us and the rocks are like dude relax man it's like it's normal <laughs> it's like having this existential <laughs> crisis but at the same time when you when i think about it in retrospect it was just hilarious that nature was just basically telling me relax it's all good like you know in a couple of hundred years from now when you guys are going to be gone uh, we're going to take over again and it's all good you know have fun cut us cut a couple of us down but you'll see like in 10 years from now we'll just regrow again and like you know cover everything that you've made so oh, poor bulldozer <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious man it was funny to have this like intense emotional loving feeling for these machines but it's yeah. as if they had a soul so well but Maybe they, they do. do. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. Yeah. One of the great things that these these plant medicines do for us is they show us the oneness and the connectedness of everything in the universe, not just the the plants and trees and birds and crocodiles, but also the rocks and the machines that we use in our daily life. It is all one. Yeah. And it's fascinating how we don't take the time to perceive this when we're doing these things. That's why sometimes I feel that in the navigation of the space under the psychedelic realm, maybe working too hard at trying to fix our traumas or maybe working too hard at just having too much fun. And I think there's a balance in the middle where we can you know, live this experience and have some understanding and, and let, let nature talk to us every now and then, so. Yeah, there was another time, again, Iowa, with my evil twin and um, we had gone home for the summer and come back in the fall. We, I had a 10 strip of acid left in my room in, hidden in one of my books. I discovered this and like, dude, classes don't start for another week. We decided to trip the light fantastic. We each did a hit of acid. An hour or so later, nothing. I'm like, okay, maybe it's degraded over the summer. You know, the, I was kind of hot. So we each did another hit. Another hour or so later, nothing. Like, okay, well, it must have gotten really weak over the summer. We'll just do all three, and maybe we'll get a little something. So we each did three more. So that's five hits of acid for each of us. Then we're walking down the street, and all of a sudden I'm like, um, dude, he's like, yeah, I know. And it hit so hard. This was one of my, it was probably the second or third time I'd, I'd ever done acid. The five hits, and this is old school acid. This is the, the real uh, LSD-25. And this hit 
like a ton of bricks. We were both on our dorm room floor just looking at the ceiling, but the ceiling wasn't there, and we were gone. It took us forever to even be able to move. It took the next day. I had to actually put my body back on because I I had left my body. <laughs> I was just gone in the universe somewhere, and it took me probably another two or three days to figure out how to eat again. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So careful with acid. I seem to I seem to have this tendency of going a little overboard, a little on acid. I mean, that's the thing, like we were talking in the other podcast, where is that I think there's there's a balance to be made where we can take these substances for healing purposes and, and whatnot. But there's also a moment where, you know, you could enjoy these and have fun, just like you would a bottle of wine, right? I mean, like if, mm -hmm. you, if you drink 10 bottles of wine, of course, this is going to be problematic. If you have one bottle, eh, you'll have fun and you'll giggle and you'll have a good old time. It's, it's not something that I recommend necessarily, but I'm just saying that in the concept, there are these spaces that uh, are, are being explored and we're not the only ones that have done, done this. So. so yeah, man, I mean, like on that note, Michael, thank you very much. It's a nice little uh, introspection into the funny trip stories. I'm sure there's a whole bunch and maybe the, the people out there can relate to pretty much uh, some of the stories that we tell. So again, Michael, thank you and looking forward to thank the you. next ones. Absolutely. As our journey through the realms of the funny trip stories under psychedelics comes to an end, it is clear that within the depths of the alternate perception lies a treasure trove of laughter and whimsies. These stories remind us that even in the midst of profound experiences and deep contemplation, the human spirit's capacity for humor knows no bounds. As we conclude our exploration, let's remember that while psychedelics offer us a unique window into our subconscious, they also open the door to the world of delightful hilarity that can truly make for unforgettable tales. 